I don't know. Anyway, um, welcome to Lively Latin. And I, I was thinking today uh, about the schedule. Um, I plan to meet next week, of course. Uh, which, let's see, what's today? Today is the, the 14th next week. Next week's the 14th. Um, do you want to meet on the 21st? We can, if you want, if you, what I was yeah. thinking was maybe we can meet the 21st, but we will not perhaps meet the 28th, uh, whatever. That, that would be, you'd be fine after that. Yeah. After that, we're good. We're good. So why don't we just say we will meet through the 21st then we'll take a week off. How does that sound to everybody? Okay. Okay. All right, good. Sounds, that's what we'll try to do. Good to me. That's what we'll try to do. How many yeah, people do we good. have? How many people do we have today, Allison? Just for curiosity. We have twelve, and that's counting you and me. Okay, and some more may come in. Uh, Carla yes. usually comes in a little bit late sometimes. Carla and, came in just now, didn't? She? Oh, did she? Okay, there she is. Good. Hi, Gary. Oh. I just. And uh, I think there's a couple others that come in a little late. So anyway, we're going ahead. What I want to do today. Uh, if you looked at your lesson 14 notes, when I made those notes two weeks ago, uh, I was a little more ambitious than, <laughs> than I thought I should be. Um, we're going to read our story today, which we didn't get to do last week. And then uh, we may not get to the ablative case. That was the next big thing I wanted to do today. We may not get to that today. We may. If we do, okay. If we don't, okay. But I wanted to sing some Christmas carols today and talk a little bit about the differences between Catholic Latin and classical Latin so that uh, you could do it either way. And so I thought that's what we would do today. And then, of course, at the end of the period, talk about the Trojan War a little bit more. So that's sort of our plan for the day. Let's um, talk about our new vocabulary words, if anyone remembers any of these words. Uh, the word farmer is agricola. Remember agricola? And uh, we get the word agriculture from it. What's the word for food? Does anybody remember? You no, use it French if you have... nourriture, but... Yes, it is. Yes. That's not Latin, so... Um... Kibbus. Somebody said it. Kibbus. Yeah, you talk about uh, kibble, you know, when you talk about your... If you have a dog... Yeah. Or a cat, you talk about kibble, which really means little pieces of food, I guess, um, little food. By the way, one of the most interesting Latin words, and it's amazing how you learn this stuff as a kid and you don't know it's Latin. Any of you remember eating when you were a kid? Any of you remember eating that cereal that used to be called pabulum? Um, maybe. I used to like it. That's why I remember Yeah, it. I do. It's a it's yeah. a baby. It's a baby it's cereal. It's a baby cereal. It is. It's called pabulum. Yeah. Do you know what the Latin word pabulum means? It means cattle fodder. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so when they named that cereal, I don't know why they used that word. But anyway, that's, that's kind of funny. Um, I don't even know if that cereal okay. still exists or not. I doubt it. But anyway, if anyone knew what the Latin word was, uh, they might not have eaten it. Um, <laughs> so what is the word for food? Kibbus. C-I-B-U-S. Kibbus. C-I-B-U-S. Ah. Kibbus. Um, philia means daughter and philius 
means son. And that's where we get the word affiliate, like an affiliate of the ACB uh, comes from that. Frater means brother. And while we're talking about uh, the opposite of that, soror means sister. So you get fraternity, brotherhood, and sorority, a sisterhood. Uh, you get all those words. Uwo, uwo means to help. We really don't get any word from that. Uh, I-U-V-O. I uh, don't know any way to tell you to remember that one. Is the V silent? Uwo, wo, the wo is oh. V-O. It's not like uvo. If you were speaking Catholic Latin, you would say uvo, but uwo, since it's uh, classical Latin, I-U-V-O. The, the U is the I-U. That's like J-U in, in modern books. Ludus. Ludus means school or game. Remember that? We talked about that last week because gladiators were trained in a school. And therefore, since you went to see gladiatorial combats, that was like a, they just used the two words, game and school. So uh, they're very different, but uh, they mean the same thing. That word means game or school. Mater and pater. And if you ever watched old British movies, Meta, Peta, you know, that's where exactly where it comes from. Mater, mother, pater, father. And again, you get maternity, fraternity, or uh, uh, paternity. Uh, all those words. Yeah, like the, the, the paternoster in Latin is uh, the our father. You're exactly correct. It certainly is. Pa the paternoster is the Catholic for the Lord's Prayer, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Uh -huh. And they would sometimes tell you, say, say five paternosters or whatever it might be. Uh, in, the, in that story called The Flight, if you've ever read that story by John Steinbeck, remember he has to say, before he gets in trouble, he has to go and say five paternosters. Uh, um, meritus. No word uh, that I can tell you to remember this by, but it means husband. It sounds a little bit like married, but it's M-E-R-I-T-U-S, meritus. In French, the word for husband is mari, M-A-R-I. What is I it think. in Spanish, Carla? It's esposo, isn't it? In Spanish, well, esposo or, or marido. Marido, yes, esposo. Oh, they can use marido. That's the same thing then. Yeah, they, don't uh -huh. have, they don't have marida for the woman. It's just esposa. They don't in Latin either. They don't in That's Latin really either. interesting, yes. Now, that is interesting. Um, it's interesting that a lot of words in Latin that end in T-U-S often in Spanish will be D-O. D-O um, or D-O, I've noticed, yeah. Yes, that's that's correct. That's correct. Uh, mm -hmm. Miles, it means soldier. Miles militem. Of course, we get military from it. Uh, pecunia. Pecuniam is the accusative, means money. Uh, we talked about that from David Copperfield, about having pecuniary difficulties. If you have pecuniary difficulties, you have problems with your money. Okay. Puella means a girl, and puer means a boy. Kind of interesting. I think puella really, if you really broke it down into etymology, it means a little boy. Like a puer is a boy, and a puella is like a little boy, therefore a girl. And aren't uh, those the same words in Spanish? I don't know Spanish as no, well, but no oh, okay. Spanish. It's hijo and or it's uh, ma, what 
what is it? Chico and Chica. Nino, Nino, Nino. Oh, that's Nino, right. Nino. Okay. Okay. Oops. All right. Also, Chiquita. Hijo is son and hija is daughter. The daughter. But... That's right. That's right. That's right. Satis means enough, and we don't get any derivative from that except like satisfy. Uh, if you satisfy, you do enough for someone. Uxor, Uxorem means wife. And I was teasing uh, somebody last week and I said, if you are, if you are Uxorious, you are, you are henpecked. You're too devoted to your wife, in other words. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. All right. So let me read these sentences aloud and see if we can figure out what this story is. It's pretty long. We might not get through it all today, but we'll see uh, how it goes. Hic est Lucius Marcius Calvus. Now, hic est means this is. This is Lucius Marcius Calvus. That's his name. By the way, his name means Lucius Marcius the bald. Calvus means bald. That, that's, that's just a coincidence. I mean, he may not have been bald at all. That's just what his last name means anyway. Est Agricola Romanus. What's his profession? Farmer. A farmer. He's a Roman farmer. Okay. A Roman farmer, yeah. okay. farmer uh-huh. Familiam habit. He has a family. He, he has, has a, family. a family. Okay. Uxor aeus. Aeus means his, by the way. Uxor aeus es pocra femina. His, his wife, wife is a what? Pretty woman. Pretty is woman. a pretty woman. Nomine Paula. Named Paula. Named Paula. Okay. Paula Trace Liberos. How about Now, Liberos. Paula, Paula has three children. Three children. Yeah, that, word, that word for children, by the way, is a funny <laughs> word. It really means three free ones, huh. meaning they're not slaves. They're free. And that's the word they use for children. Liberos. Liberos. Unum filium et duas filias. One daughter and two sons. No, the opposite. Unum <laughs> filium, one son, at duas filias, and two daughters. Uh, All right. Filia maxima appellata est marcia. Filia maxima. Yeah, the oldest daughter, daughter is um, Marcia. Now, by the way, notice they, uh, remember we talked about this about the second week, but you probably forgot. If you were a Roman guy, the girl that your daughter is usually named the feminine form of your middle name. Okay, so his name is Mar. His name is uh, uh, Lucius Martius Calvus. So his daughter's name is Marcia. Okay, M A R C I A. Animala Animalia Malta Amat. What about this Marcia? What can we tell you about her? Animalia oh, she Malta. Loves animals. She loves many yeah. animals. And Animalia Alet. And she does something else. She feeds. She feeds animals. You expect a farmer's daughter to do that. Ad ludum known it. It means goes. Ad ludum known it. She doesn't go to school. She doesn't go to school. Okay. She doesn't go to school. Said mater marcia malta docet. This is good. We're reviewing a lot of words here. Said mater marcia malta docet. But her mother, or but teaches no. her a lot. Teaches her many things. Most Roman girls did not go to school. Uh, the boys did. The girls did not. The, uh, they stayed at home. 
and their mother would teach them how to run the house. Uh, their mother would teach them how how to run the house and uh, how to take care of it and how to deal with slaves and how to uh, do all the things you'd have to do to be a wife. Because guess what? When Marcia is about from 12 to 14, she will be married. So, uh, you know, you have to learn an awful lot there when you're going to be married at 12. All right. Esponsa. Esponsa. She's engaged. Now, we don't know how old she is in this story. She's probably about 10. Uh, since I wrote this story, I'll tell you she's 10. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Meritus Futurus, Gaius Apelatus Est. Her future husband is, is Gaius. Gaius. Is right? All right. Nunc est miles. Where is He's he a right soldier. Now? He's a soldier. Ed in Graecia Est. In Greece. He's in Greece. By the way, he's probably 10 years older than she is. Huh. Uh, oftentimes, the guys would be 24, 25 years old when they got married. The ladies would be 12 to 14 when they got married. Oh uh, Cicero's, Cicero's wife was 14 when he married her, and she was considered like she was getting ready to be an old maid because, uh, you know, <laughs> girls at 14 ought to be married by that time. I mean, they figured. So if you were 14 and you weren't married, there was a danger you might end up being an old mate. Uh, so anyway, a lot different than today, right? <laughs> Familia, uh, I'm sorry, filia minor est secunda. Oh, his, his youngest daughter is second. Yep. You know, Beth, you're doing very well with this. I know you have to hear it and you don't have the notes either. And I'm very impressed that you're able to get this as well as you are. You do it. Um, anyway, so well, but, uh, but I took Catholic Latin though. Oh, that's why. Okay, so yeah, very good. Okay, well, you remember a lot of it, evidently. <laughs> By the way, uh -huh. remember I told you guys that a lot of times all the girls would be given the same name. For example, this girl's name would also be Marcia, just like the, her sister, Marcia, but to keep it straight, they would call her Secunda, and perhaps they would call the big girl, the older girl. Prima. They might call her Marchia Prima and the other right. Marchia Secunda. So they often would call them Prima, Secunda, Tertia, Third, Quarta, Fourth, and so forth. Uh, the girls didn't make out quite as well with names as the boys did. They were just given their father's middle name. And if they weren't the first one, they'd be called second, third, fourth, whatever. Second, one, you have to wonder if you went into a room full of Roman girls and you said Secunda, how many of them would raise their hand? You know, oh my gosh it's kind of funny really when you, and i suppose if you were in a group of girls and you wanted to call them you'd say mark yes secunda or you'd say maria secunda or whatever you know whatever just to, to be sure um secunda est parwa puella now what do they tell you about this person parwa means small so secunda est parwa puella she is a what? She's a small girl. She's a little girl. So she's all maybe yeah, she's, she's like five, four or five years old, something like that. Pupas. Pupas et catulos habet. What does she have? Pupas uh, means dolls. Dolls. She has dolls and catulos. Puppies. She has uh, dolls and puppies. Perfect. By the way, that word pupa is the same word we use for the 
a stage of insects when they go into the cocoon. Oh, yeah. You know, remember you have larva is the stage when it's a caterpillar. The pupa or pupa is the stage when it goes into the cocoon. And I forgot what they call the, the, uh, the butterfly, maybe the adulta stage. Adult. I don't know. Anyway, she has dogs and puppies. And what else? Agnos Amat. What else does she like? What does she love? Agnos. Is it sheep? Yeah, or lamb? Lamb. lamb. No, no, it's not sheep. I'm, I'm it's lamb. Lambs. Galinas curat. Galinas means galina means hens. Galinas curat et owa galinas. Uh, I'm sorry. Et owa coligit. All right. She takes care of, she the, takes care of the hens. Of the chickens. Oh, and I'm sorry. And she hens, gathers yeah. and she gathers the eggs. Okay. Owa. Owa is the word for, for eggs. She gathers the eggs. Quondam. Quondam means once. Wolpes galinas teret. The wolf scared her? Well, a, a fox, or a fox right. scared the hens. Et edere temptat. And what did the fox try to do? Edere temptat. Tried to eat them. Said, secunda est fortis. Secunda was brave. She's brave. <laughs> et wolpem teret. At Galina Serwat. Here's the wolf of the fox and save the hen. Yep, hen. that's yep. what she did. Very good. All right. Uh -huh. Now we come to the third character, Felius Est Publius Nomine. Felius uh, Est Publius Nomine. The son's son name is Publius. Yep. yep. Est Puer Fortis at Industrius. Brave. Industrious, you can get. Brave and industrious. Boy. He works hard okay. or whatever. Yep. Patrim Yua. He helps his father at Wakas Taurum Quekura. And what does he take care of? Wakas. Goat. No. No. Wakas. Think of vaccination. Think of vaccinations. Cows and bull Cow. and the bull. By the way, oh, remember yeah. vaccination started with cowpox, right? And mm -hmm. uh, that's where they got that word. So okay, Quondam oh, okay. once what happened? Lupum fortem magnum que. Uh, what did he do once? He necot. Um, we haven't had that one for a while. He kills. He kills. Uh, oh yeah. He kills, he kills a strong and a big wolf. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. a wolf. Yeah. Yep. Said Ludum known Laudat. What about school? How does he feel about school? <laughs> he does not like it. He doesn't praise he doesn't it. Says he doesn't praise, praise, praise it. Ad Ludum it. He goes to school. At literas. Uh, at literas um, discus, and he learns his letters. He's learning his letters. He's probably, I would say, he's between these two other. He's between his sisters. He's like probably, let's say, he's about eight or nine, maybe. All right, 
Magister est gravis. The uh, teacher, teacher is something. Serious? Yes, yeah, serious. Say where? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Say where am I here? Okay, magister est gravis. Yes, that means serious. Et severus. Et severus. You can guess severus. Severe. And severe and strict. Uh, et publium et alteros pueros verberat. He beats him. <laughs> mm -hmm. He beats Publius and the other boys. Uh, yes, he does sometimes. Uh, they, Mar one of the Roman poets says that this school teacher he knew yelled from morning till night. Said he, it was yelled at the kids from morning till night. Uh, Carla and I could tell you there are days we felt like doing that, probably, <laughs> probably but uh, I don't think we ever did it, probably. Uh, um, although I did yell at this girl one time, and uh, the next day I talked to her father, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. He said, yeah, you yelled at my daughter. I said, well, you're right, I did. <laughs> uh, you're right, anyway. Um, Publius Militem S.A. Walt. What's Publius want to do? To be a soldier. He wants to be a soldier. At equum mm -hmm. pulchrum nomine pegasum habet. What does he have? Equum pulchrum nomine pegasum. A beautiful a horse. horse. A beautiful horse. What about that Named horse? Pegasus. Named Pegasus. Remember, Pegasus is the winged horse in mythology. Right. Okay. Lucius Agros. Oh, now we're going to talk about the daddy. What's the daddy do? Lucius Agros Arat. Aro means to plow. plow, I think plow. I he plows the fields. Quoque sunt uai. There are also what? Uai, grapes. grapes. Uai, U-V-A-E means grapes. At weenum multum focket. At weenum multum focket. And he makes much wine. Mm. At wendit. At wendit. And he sells it. And sells it. Yep, that's where uh, Carla, I think the Spanish, is the Spanish word for to sell, vender? Yes. Yeah, I'm in not French, Carla, but. In French, it's vendre. So I assume in Spanish, it's vender. And in Latin, it's wender. Yeah, it is. That's where we get vending and all that stuff from. Maltam pecunium non habet, said satis habet. What about this man? He doesn't he have, have much money. Doesn't have much money. But he is he's satisfied. He has enough. He has enough money. All oh, right now, sorry. but you know, even though they don't have much money, even the poorest Roman, even the poorest Roman might have a slave. And this guy has two. Sunt duo serwi. We're at Famina. Yeah. Sarah what? A slave, man and woman. Yep. Okay. Famina est Lydia. The girl, the woman is Lydia. Okay. Uh, Palam Uwat at Lanam Trahit. Now, Lanam Trahit means she spins the wool. That's where, by the way, you get lanolin from. Lanam means wool. And I guess lanolin mm -hmm. is like a liquid that comes out of wool. So she helps Paula. Paula's the mother, remember? And she spins the wool. Kibum Quoque Parat. What else does she do? Prepares food. Prepares food. Yeah. All right. We are Estawas. The man is Dawas. By the way, that 
that word weir could mean her husband is or the man is. But since slaves really couldn't have a husband, we'll just say it means the man is. The man is Dawis. Dawis is a very common name for slaves uh, in, uh, in, in Latin. Dawis est piger. Piger means lazy. Dawis est piger. He's, He's lazy. What? He's lazy. lazy. At laborare non amat. At laborare non amat. Does not like Does to work. work. Doesn't like to work. Lucius aum olem werberat. Lucius sometimes werberat. Beats him. Beats. Sometimes uh. beats him. Dawist est intelligence. He might be lazy, but he's also what? Dawist est intelligence. Smart. Smart at familiam, you are a wolf. And he wants to help the family. A lot of times the slaves would go to the marketplace. They might get you a good price on meat. They might be able to get you a good deal on something. Um, a lot of times the slaves could really do a lot of things. You might not think they could do, but they could. In Roman plays, they usually are like the guy that, fit, that figures out how to work out things so that the story ends happily. Um, so slaves are oftentimes kind of like heroes in some of these stories, uh, the way they work things out. Roman slavery was nothing like American slavery. It had nothing at all to do with race. <laughs> it had to do with whether or not you were, were poor or maybe you were captured in war or maybe you couldn't pay your own way. You got into debt. It was that kind of thing. So some slaves like could be teachers, that teacher that beats um that teacher that beats Publius probably could be a slave who is working as a teacher. Huh. Uh, so uh, they could be doctors. Uh, they could have very, very good jobs. The main thing they wanted to do was save up enough money to buy their freedom. And it, their masters would let them save their money if they could get money, uh, if they could get a tip or if they could get money somehow. They could get enough. They might be able to buy their freedom. That's what they would probably try to do duos canes familia habet what else does this family have duos canes two dogs unus canes est argus one is argus argus lepores lepores means rabbits or hares lepores saipe copit he often catches Rabbits. Rabbits. At Wilam Rusticam uh, custodit. And he guards Birds. the country house and farm. That's what a Wilam Rusticam is. So he's a good guard dog. Alteracanus est Bella. The other dog is Bella. Yep. And that, 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 that means beautiful. Yeah, it does. It means beautiful. beautiful. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yep. Benigna beautiful. est. Benigna means kind or gentle. She is a gentle dog at Maltos Catulos habit. And she has many, remember what, Catulo? Puppies. Yeah, very good. Uh, okay. Very uh, good, guys. We got through this. You know, when you really think about this, this is something to celebrate. It really is. Because we, we've only been having this class for, what, uh, 15? This is less than 15 today, I think. And you guys read through and got, got that story and read it, you know, whether you had Latin before or didn't, 
the fact that we could get through this story, I think it's pretty good. I think you have something to, to, to celebrate, really. So, all right. Let's uh, look at some of these Christmas carols. By the way, Allison, what time is it? Oh, let's see. It is 4.29. Okay. Can you tell me when it's like 20 of? Sure. I'll be glad okay. to. Thanks. So what are you doing with these questions? Oh, well, they're there for you to look at if you want. I don't know that we need to go over them particularly, but uh, look at them and I will give you the answers to them in the next uh, in the next notes uh, so that we can uh, do that. So I'm not going to bother uh, too much with the ablative. You can look at your notes on that if you want, but I'd like to do some of these Christmas carols today. Since yeah, it is you Christmas. had ablative in there, didn't you? Yeah, it's not in the story I did. Oh, I thought no, there, there was there one were, in there. I don't think there was any ablatives in that story. Oh, I don't okay. think there was. I um, could be wrong, but I don't think that. Anyway, let's look at Silent Night. Now, if you say it in Roman Latin, in classical Latin, you say, Selene's Noakes, Sancta Noakes, Placida Lucida, Wergenem et Puerum, Dolcem atque tenerum, somno oprime, somno oprime. Now, if you say it in Catholic Latin, and by the way, when you do these Christmas carols really truthful, you should do them in, in Catholic Latin because it's not written by the Romans. It's written in the Middle Ages, and it would probably, Catholic Latin would be more correct. Um, my, when I had my students, we always did it in Roman Latin just because that's what they knew best. But here's how it does in Catholic Latin. Almost the same. Silens noques, sancta noques, but then placida, lucida. So you pronounce that C-I as placida, lucida. Mm -hmm. Verganem, you pronounce the V as a V. Verganem at puerum, dolcem atque tenerum, somno oprime. Somno oprime. Let's try singing this. Now, everybody should mute themselves when you sing and i will sing i'm not going to mute myself but uh you all should mute because if you try to sing this together it's going to sound like hullabaloo or something uh it's going to be all <laughs> together so let's try it ready see lane's noakes sancta noakes placida lucida Vergandem et puerum, dolcem atque tenerum, somno oprime, somno oprime. There we go. All right. Now we come to one that you guys have all heard, Bing Crosby and Perry Como. All these guys sing this song on the Christmas records. Adeste Fideles. Um, it was Adeste Fideles. A lot of these songs are translated by Latin teachers. I mean, like the one we just did, Silent Night, that was translated by a Latin teacher. Most of these songs are translated by some Latin teacher somewhere. Oh, this one on, here, this one here, though, is not. It was originally in Latin. It was originally written as Adeste Fideles. And then it was changed, uh, you know, translated into English. So uh, this is uh, original Latin Christmas carol. Now, uh, when you hear Bing Crosby and them sing it, they do it in Catholic Latin. And so we're going to do it in Catholic Latin. 
It goes Adeste Fideles Leiti. Notice you pronounce A-E as A in Catholic Latin. Leiti Triumphantes. Venite, venite in Bethlehem. Natum videte regem angelorum. Venite adoremus, venite adoremus, venite adoremus, dominum. Now you know, by the way, what some of these words mean. Dominum means the Lord. We get the word, uh, it's also the word we use for master, but it's the word used for describe the Lord. Uh, in uh, like in a Christmas carol or in the Bible. So here we go. Let's see if we can sing this again. Mute so we can sing it. Adeste fideles leiti triumphantes venite venite in Bethlehem natum videte Regem angelorum, venite adoremus, venite adoremus, venite adoremus, dominum. I want to skip down to number nine uh, of these carols uh, because I want to show you something funny about translations, and that is. I want to look at Jingle Bells. Um, Jingle Bells, obviously, <laughs> is not an old Latin song as it was written in the 1800s. So some Latin teacher translated this. Now, I have two versions of Jingle Bells. We're going to do one today, and next week we'll do a different one. But when, they, when the guy translated this, I think he went a little bit wild on translation. So here's what it means. Niwes Glockie starts out with, that's like dashing through the snow would be in, in English. Uh, and so it says, snow, ice, night, childhood, or, or youth, we could say. So it starts out, snow, ice, uh, childhood, uh, youth. Uh, laughing is fitting, and now songs are fitting, too. Uh It's happy for us to go through the fields. Uh, the slave, the sleigh goes quickly and we, we all sing. And then here's the chorus. Now, this chorus is crazy. Let it ring. Let it ring. Let the bell ring. We glide over the ice behind a short mule. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what that's how they translated uh, jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way oh what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh but uh that's how they translate it so anyway it goes uh the chorus i mean the verse well let's just do the chorus first because everybody knows the chorus that's easy it goes tiniat tiniat tintinabulum by the way if you that tintinabulum means bell and if you ever read that poem by Edgar Allan Poe about the tintinabulation of the something, 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 the bells, 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 has that word tintinabulation in it, uh, which means bells. Uh, anyway, so it goes tiniat, tiniat, tintinabulum, labimor and glockie, postmulum coortum. And let's get that much at least. Everybody ready? Tiniat, tiniat, tintinabulum. Labimor and glockie, postmulum coortum. Tiniat, tiniat, Tintinabulum, 
Now, let's see if we can do the, the verse. It says, Niwes glakies, nox pueritia, rhesus decet, nung decant carmina, litos you what, no sire para gross, traha fert welocitere et concinemus nox. Okay, let's see if we can do that. Ready? It goes, Niwes glakies, nox pueritia, rhesus decet, nung decant carmina, Laitos you what no sire para gross traha fert well locitere con can name us nose oh tin me out etc etc anyway you get the idea okay very good what time is it Allison uh Gary it is not quite that time it's, it's four thirty eight so okay we got two minutes. The second verse of this, I, I normally wouldn't do two verses, probably. Well, I could. But the, 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 the translation of this second one is rather interesting, too. The one that goes, now the ground is, no, which, which verse is it? The one that says, the one about Miss Fanny Bright. How does that verse go in English? Um, I'm having a mental block. Um, I'll think I thought I'd take a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now the ground is white. I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank, and then we got upsot. Well, in the Latin version, it says, me miserable, me recently miserable. That means, oh, me miserable recently. Uh, the moon, the light of the moon was just appearing. Uh, night was just falling, and the and a girl was the leader of the thing. <laughs> That's a quote from Virgil, uh, Puella Facti Dukes, meaning uh, the girl was the leader of the thing. Uh, like, uh, you know, she, it was a girl's fault we were going out in the first place. Wecti subito in Niwes. Uh, we were suddenly carried into deep snow, and the horse got scared, and we were upset. We were turned over. <laughs> so they really went a little wild on that. But it goes, May nuper miserum, pawit lunae lu, noxasa de batum, puella facti dukes, no sin subito in, ni vis cumulos, cabalas es perteritus et tunque, where see notes. By the way, Carla, notice they use the word for cabalas, which is usually a medieval word for horse. So you can tell this is written in medieval Latin. May nuper miserum, yes. Oh, sorry. It's, I'd let, you know, it's, it's uh, 440. Yeah, we can quit now because I don't think okay. you all have to sing that last verse of Jingle Bell. So okay. uh, anyway, we'll work on these again next week if you like. Uh, I know Zoom is not uh, the ideal um, uh, medium for singing, but uh, it is kind of fun. And uh, unless you all hate it, we'll do it again next week. And by the way, if you all really do hate some activity that we do, uh, please. Do tell me that, and uh, and we don't have to to do it. Uh, Gary? Yes. Uh, Carla Hayes has her hand up. Yes, uh, Carla? Uh, where are these carols? I didn't get them. Unless Did you get notes them. today? Did you get oh, notes I'm today? I'm at school all day. If I don't get okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They just came out today. Oh, okay. I'll for look that. Now, everything else was the same. Your story was the same. Right. I read the uh, story. But yeah. uh, the notes are 
I, I, I wrote them for today. And I, I tell you the truth, Carla, I didn't know what carols I was going to do. So I, I sort yeah. of had to think that over. Anyway, that's where they are. And you'll and have that's them. The, that's, the cor- that's the chorus I teach my, my Latin students of Jingle Bells. That's the Jingle Bells. Yeah, yeah. They, they like that. That's, um, I just bought a book last night on Apple Books, and I haven't looked at it yet. It's called Latin Songs. And so we'll see uh, what songs are in there. Uh, see if any of them are any good for this class. I sh- I could teach you guys row 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 your boat in Latin after Christmas, and I could also teach you uh, twinkle twinkle little star. And there's also a there's a record out that you could buy, at least it was by a guy in Finland who got a divorce. His wife left him. He was very sad, and so to help him not feel so sad, guess what he did? He translated all these Elvis Presley songs into Latin. I don't know. That would have made me more sad, I think. But anyway, yeah, (laughs) um, he did. And I used to I don't have that anymore. I couldn't play it for you on here anyway, because we're not supposed to play, uh, you know, copyrighted material. That's why, Greg, I have Galdete. I'm going to send that to you guys, but I can't sing it with you. I can't play it for you because it's a to play it. I'd have to play a copyrighted song. So uh, I can't do it anyway. Gary. Yes. Hate to interrupt you again, but we have another raised hand. Oh, please. Um, no, okay. no, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Oh, uh, Greg, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I was just going to ask if we could get the English words to the Gaudete. I didn't have Latin. A lot of people had Latin. I didn't have it. So yeah, I, I can English certainly, I can certainly do that next week. I will send that. I think Matt, what I'll do is I'll send that out, and I will sing it with you, maybe, and we, I'll, you know, and I'll translate it for you. Um, it's four verses long, and it is. Uh, and you can find, ver- I've got about 20 versions of it online that I looked up and that I copied. The one that I used to use in my class was the one by Steel Eye Span. And believe it or not, during the 70s, that was actually a hit on, uh, you know how they used to have those underground FM stations, those real, like, uh, hard, what I guess would be called hard rock stations today. They used to play that Gaudete on there for some reason. I don't know why, but they did, supposedly. All right. We have another phone number that I think didn't get named. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, well. No, I, I figured it came in later, and you probably couldn't. I, I think they did. Know? That's fine. Anybody yeah, know who it is? What is that number, Ninette? It's 301 ending in 016. If you could unmute, tell us who you are, please. Area code 301. 016. Well, they're still muted. Okay. Well. Okay. Okay. It's they may want. They may. The they may want to be anonymous, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Can. It seems like a Maryland person. Yeah. Star six to unmute on your. Oh, phone. It might be. Bar- could it be Barb? It might be Barb. She's okay. They, some. I think they just coming. unmuted. Well, I thought they did. Let's see. Where did they go? Oh, you know what? They left. Oh, oh! I must have scared him off. Sorry, you scared him. Night, tear it, tear it, tear it. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, guys, let's just review a little bit about the people involved in the Trojan War. Who is the High King of the Greeks? What's his name? Um, Agamemnon. You're right, Agamemnon. That's yeah, correct. Agamemnon. Yeah. Who is his brother who was married to Helen? Menelaus. Menelaus. That's right. 
Oh, Menelaus. Who is the Greek? The who is the best warrior of the Greeks? Um, Achilles or Hector? I don't know. Ulysses. No. Oh. Achilles. Achilles. Achilles, Achilles okay. is the best warrior of the Greeks. Now, you mentioned Ulysses. He's not the best warrior, but he's known for something else. What's he known for? He's smart. He's he's smart, tricky. clever, tricky. tricky. Yeah. yeah, very tricky. Um, the most beautiful woman in the world, her name was? Helen um, Troy. Helen. Okay, and she really wasn't of Troy. Originally, she was of Greece, but then she ran off right. with a Trojan. And at the end of the war, she will sweet talk her husband into taking her back, and she will live happily ever after. Uh, anyway, um, um, who is the old king of Troy? Priam. Priam, who had 50 sons. Priam, yeah, that's right. Who is the best warrior of the Trojans? That would be Hector. Hector, right. Okay, good. Who is the tr only Trojan to escape, not the only one, but the most important one, at least, to escape from Troy at the end of the Trojan War, and he will finally get to Italy and be the ancestor of the Romans? Aeneas. Aeneas, Ooh. right. <laughs> now, let's talk about the gods and goddesses. Tell me what side this god or goddess is on. Hera, is she for the Trojans or for the Greeks? The Greeks? Yes. Now think, that's logical, Her right? Because Hera, Paris I think did she not judge Greeks, her yeah. to be the most beautiful, so she's going to hate the Trojans now. Yeah. Uh, Athena. Uh, is she also Greek? Greek also for the same uh, reason. She uh, wasn't picked. Mm -hmm. Venus. Trojan. Yep, for two reasons. She was picked as the most beautiful by Paris, and also she's got a she had a love affair with a Trojan prince named Anchises who gave her Aeneas. Aeneas is her son that we just said it's going to escape. That's her son. So she's got two good reasons uh, to be on the side of the Trojan. All right. Well, what about Neptune? Oh, that's um, Poseidon. Yep, Poseidon or Neptune. What side is he on? You're right. He's for the Greeks, I think. He's for the Greeks because the Trojans had tricked him once. They told him if he built the walls of Troy, helped them to rebuild them, they would pay him, and then they didn't. And that made him uh, mad. And so he's, I guess I can uh, understand that. And uh, then Apollo. Um, Trojan. He likes Hector. He likes Hector for some reason. He's on the Trojan. Therefore, so is his sister. Diane. So there we are. Okay, and last week we talked about the sacrifice of Iphigenia. What can you tell me about that? It was terrible. It was. It was Iphigenia. It was terrible. You're right. Especially her mother thought that. Who was Iphigenia? Um, Agamemnon's daughter. Right. Why did they sacrifice such a lovely girl? Um, one of the goddesses was offended and she demanded the girl was a sacrifice. Yes. Diana was offended because Agamemnon had accidentally killed a deer sacred to her. Oh, and sure. so she would, she wouldn't let the winds blow until they sacrificed Iphigenia. 
And then right. the winds would blow and they went to Troy. And of course, this is going to seal Agamemnon's doom because when he gets home, his wife will never forgive him for this. And she will ax him to death in the baths when he comes home. Um, but that's nine years from now. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, when they get to Troy, when they're just coming into Troy, there was a there was a, a prophecy that said that the first guy to jump off the ship when he got to Troy, the first Greek that jumped off the ship onto Trojan soil would also be the first to die. Mm. So you can imagine when they get up to Troy, everybody's kind of hanging back. They don't really want to <laughs> jump off. But this one guy named Protocilius, he jumps off. And sure enough, he is the first to die. But there's an interesting little saga, a little second thing to this story. He was very honored because he was willing to do that. And so his wife, whose name was Leodamia, she was back in Greece. When she found out her husband had died, she was grief stricken. And she just could not get over, um, you know, her husband being dead. And so the gods gave him a gift. And the gift was he could come up from the underworld and spend three hours with his wife again now you can imagine what that's like right imagine you know yeah yeah we get to be together three hours again but what's going to happen the three hours are going to end and then it's going to be goodbye time right and so he has to die again and go back down to the underworld and this upsets her so much that she kills herself yeah. and then she joins him in the underworld not a very happy story would you say Okay, the Greeks get to Troy, and there's a lot of really strong Greeks here. Uh, they have a whole bunch of ships, uh, a thousand ships, and they line them up along the shore of Troy. They make a big wall there on the shore of Troy. They're all lined up next to each other. They get off the ships. The men go up, and they march against Troy. However, the Trojans are pretty good, too. And they go into the city of Troy and shut themselves up in there. And the Greeks can't get in the city of Troy. And the Trojans sometimes can come out of the city and, and take the battle right down to the ships, but they can't conquer the ships. So both sides are even. And this goes on for nine years. For nine years, neither side wins. Sometimes the Greeks will take the war right up to the walls, but they can't get in. Sometimes the Trojans will pop out and come all the way down to the ships and fight but they can't take the ships. They can't burn them or set them on fire or take them. And so this goes on for nine years. And it's at this point that the Iliad, <laughs> have any of you ever read the Iliad? It's, it's quite a work. It's a weird work in a way. And the reason that I say it's a weird work, first of all, it's written by the first, I always like to say, it's the first blind guy to ever make good. It's written by the first blind guy to ever make good because Homer was supposedly a blind man. Uh -huh. And supposedly he wandered all over uh, uh, Greece begging for his bread uh, and finally uh, wrote these two books, the Iliad and the Odyssey, and then died. In fact, there's a, there's a poem that says, uh, something like this city honors Homer dead, where in real life he begged his bread. In other words, all these cities claim him as, as their 
you know, that he lived there or whatever. But when he was really alive, he had to run, go through the cities and had to beg to make enough money to, to write this poem. But another thing weird about this poem is, well, well, first of all, let me say, don't, don't get the idea. Uh, by the way, Allison, let me know when it's about two minutes of. I don't okay. want to, I want to have time to, to, to close. Sure. Um, uh, don't get the idea, by the way, that you're reading a, an eyewitness account when you read Homer. Homer is not an eyewitness account of the Trojan War. The Trojan War took place about two or 300 years before Homer ever lived. So it would be like somebody writing about George Washington, you know, today. Uh, you might know a lot of stories about George Washington, but you weren't there. And so Homer is writing this, but he wasn't there. Um, but this is the first work in Western literature that we have. This is the first. Now, it's interesting what Homer does not do. He does not tell you the causes of the war. He does not tell you what happened those nine years before the war actually starts. All of a sudden, boom, he brings you into the story. And you're in the middle of the story. He never explains what caused it. He thinks everybody knows. I guess the stories are well enough known. He thinks they know that already. He just talks about Helen and Menelaus and, and Paris, just like, well, you all know who they are. I don't have to tell you that. And uh, so he just begins right in the middle of the story. And what a place that he begins. He begins with a quarrel. And this quarrel is between Agamemnon and Achilles. Now, the quarrel is caused because the Greeks are suffering from COVID. When this story opens, when the Iliad opens, the Greeks are suffering from COVID. No, not really COVID, but from a plague. From a plague. I mean, it might have been COVID. How do I know? Um, the Greeks are suffering from a plague, from a, from a, from a Greek demic, we'll say. Uh, not, not, it's not falling on the Trojans. It's only falling on the Greeks. And the Greeks are dying. Some of them are dying. And uh, Achilles says, if we don't do something about this plague, we might as well go home because we can't win this war. People are dying. And so he does what sometimes happens. He he uh, says uh, he gets the priest, the prophet, Colchis, to come. That's the same guy that told Agamemnon he had to sacrifice his daughter, by the way. Same guy. And this guy says, well, I know why we're having a plague. It's not because of the Chinese, by the way. I know why we're having a plague, but I'm afraid to tell you because it might make someone mad. And Achilles says, you go ahead and tell. I'll defend you. You know, if, if, if you make somebody, even if you say it's Agamemnon's fault, I'll defend you. Well, Caucus says, as a matter of fact, it is Agamemnon's fault. Here again, here's why. Now, this is going to seem really barbaric to you when I tell you this next part, but it is war, and it's the ancient world, and it's the way it was. Agamemnon had, they had, they had raided a city nearby Troy at one point, and they had captured two, at least two girls, maybe more. We only know about these two. Agamemnon had a girl who was his girl, who was his prize, if you want to call her that. That's what they call her, his prize of honor. Her name was Chryseis. And that meant she poured his tea and took care of him in his tent and all that kind of stuff. You, you know what that means. 
um, Achilles also had a girl. Her name was Briseis. They call her Briseis of the fair cheeks. I guess she was kind of fair complex. Anyway, these two girls are in Agamemnon's and Achilles' tent and so forth. But Agamemnon's girl, whose name was Chryseis, her father was a priest of Apollo, and he came to ransom her. Notice he doesn't yell at Agamemnon for capturing her, but he, he comes to him and says, I want to ransom my daughter. I have money. I'm going to pay you. Please let her come with me. Set her free. Let me take her back, and I'll, I'll pay you to do that. And that was a perfectly normal and acceptable thing to do. And Agamemnon really should have accepted the ransom. Instead, he says, hey, man, if I catch you hanging around here again, you're going to be in trouble. Get out of here. I'm not taking your ransom. I like your daughter better than I like my own wife. And I'm not accepting a ransom. Two and minutes. don't even let. Hmm? It's Time? two minutes. It's a good place yeah. to quit, guys. It's Sorry. I'll put the next week. that. We'll continue next week with this. Okay. Now, please uh, look over your notes and look over the ablative case. I explain it in great. It's a lot. Try to do the exercises if you can. If you can't, we will next week. And we'll do some more Christmas carols. Anybody have a favorite Christmas carol you want me to do next week? I'll make sure I send it in the notes. Oh, I got run over by a reindeer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you'll have to translate that one then. <laughs> I don't have that. Anyway, I'll, I'll send some more and we'll, we'll work on some of these ones we already have that we didn't do today. We'll do. Okay. So I'll see you next week. Everybody have a good week and keep thinking and laugh. See y'all later. Bye. 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 I'm going to shut it down. Okay, Gary. What's that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks, Allison. Appreciate you're welcome. It. Enjoyed it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.